Welcome to Meet and Greet, a podcast discussing a broad range of issues affecting the meat industry today. Brought to you by meetbusinesswomen.org. Presented by Laura Ryan. Hello, I'm Laura Ryan and welcome to Meet and Greet, the podcast series brought to you by Meet Businesswomen. Today, we're in conversation with Angela Christensen. Angela is Pork Sector Director at AHDB, the Agriculture Horticulture Development Board, which is a levy board covering six sectors. And for pork, beef and lamb, AHDB collects a levy from producers and processors in England. Hi, Angela. How are we doing? Hello, Laura. Lovely to speak with you. Great to speak to you. Now, tell us a little bit more about AHDB. What's the scope and scale and why, why is it an important organisation? Yeah, good question. So I joined um, 18 months ago and you can imagine that was the first question I had running through my mind. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, so AHDB works on behalf of six sectors. Um, On the crop side, that's cereals and oil seeds, potatoes and horticulture. And on the livestock side, that's pork, beef and lamb and, and dairy. Um, So farmers and growers pay a levy on the crops or livestock that they produce, and that adds up to about 60 million a year. Um, Each sector spends the levy they collect exclusively for the benefit of its own sector. Um, The support is principally in optimising market potential that might be at home or overseas, but also uh, farm performance. Um, We're an evidence-based organisation that facilitates the industry coming together for its own good. Um, So it enables the industry to address opportunities that might not be fully realised if left to commercial forces alone. Um, There's things that individual farmers or processors couldn't address on their own, but acting together through the levy, we've been yes. able to deliver some enormous industry benefits. I mean, perhaps it's easiest to explain AHDB's role by giving some examples. That would be brilliant. Thank you. So uh, I guess, you know, the one that hit me straight away was um, the realisation of export opportunities. So um, AHDB experts work with DEFRA to open up new markets around the world and then to optimise them by staging a British presence at um, shows all over the world. So we connect buyers and sellers and in the pork sector alone, this trade is worth almost half a billion pounds a year. So, of course, you know, the revenue is great and it bolsters the sector, but the trade also addresses the carcass balance issue. Yes. In ensuring that we can sell the whole animal, reducing waste, in, increasing synergy um, with ever more important trading partners. I mean, another example could be the support we give in terms of harnessing data uh, and using it to the industry's advantage. So, for example, the pork sector in the pork sector, we collect data on animal movements, disease incidents, antibiotic use, and animal health and welfare. And these are all essential things to uphold the integrity of our product. And you know that's an issue um, and a challenge in every market. You know, what is the integrity of your product? Is it is it exactly as you're saying it is 
Um, so, for example, the data we've collected on antibiotic use in the sector has recorded a drop of over half since 2015. Um, so, you know, we do other things, for example, um, the power of working together allows us to do multi-million pound marketing campaigns to drive positive attitudes towards meat eating and to inspire habitual purchases. Um, so making meat dishes exciting and convenient is key to the frequency of purchase. Um, and all this work is impossible for any single farmer or processor to achieve on their own. It's only through coming together that we can bring about those advantages. So it, it's really vast, isn't it? And, and really broad. Tell us a bit mm. more about your role, because you mentioned there that you, you uh, started about 18 months ago. What, yeah. what, what what were you doing before and what was, I guess, your experiences of the sector? So, uh, yes, Laura, as you say, I'm the strategy director for Pork. And what that means is I'm really the pivot point between the industry and all the teams in AHDB to ensure we're delivering the biggest benefit we can so I work really closely with the port board, which has producers and processors with experience in all areas of the English pork industry. Most of my career has been spent in the livestock industries. Um, so I worked for Genus PLC for 16 years, initially buying beef and dairy bulls for the stud, which was quite an interesting job straight out of college. <laughs> And then uh, leading marketing, sales, production and procurement teams and eventually beca became their global business development director based out in the United States. So when I left Genus, I had my own training business for just over a decade whilst my children were really young um, and I wanted that flexibility of freelance work. And within that, and, and we know each other, and I'm lucky enough that I, I have worked with you a, a little bit in the past. Um, what were, I guess, what are the key things that you've learned from that journey, from your ex experience internationally and running your own company that I guess you've maybe brought to this role or you, you would maybe to, uh, may want listeners to know that are useful for their careers? Mm, well, I'd just say it's all about people. Wherever yeah. in the world you go, whatever discipline you do, it's all about people. It's all about connections. Um, and I, I think we forget that uh, yeah. sometimes we think that there's some magic one, some technical solution. And actually, the power of coming together and collaborating is huge. Um, yeah. And as you will know, Genus went on a, a you know, huge growth journey. Um, we were forever changing and forever developing and when I worked lived and worked abroad you found that actually actually it doesn't matter what walk of life somebody comes from it's just about connection and commitment to to achieving something together and yeah. it's 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 very exciting and it's it's one of the reasons why I stopped doing my own business because I wasn't in a team yeah. I was often with people but as a trainer you go in and you come out again and I, I like that continuity of working with a team and working with people. So that's my take home always is it's always about the people. Yeah, that's brilliant advice. Thank you. And and talking about people, um, I know AHDB are, are on a, a recruitment uh, drive or potential recruitment drive for, for some of the sector boards at the moment. Um, are you able to give us a bit more information? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, so you'll probably be aware that our chairman, Peter Kendall, will be stepping down in March 2020, following two terms of office as chair of AHDB. Um, so recruitment is underway for his replacement, and the final appointment decision is made jointly between ministers in DEFRA and devolved administrations. Uh, obviously, the chair is a key in appointment, but we're regularly welcoming new talent to the organisation. And, you know, it is a really interesting organisation to be involved with. As you say, it's got such breadth and depth. And I know you know that from your own experience. Yes. And I just encourage anyone who's passionate about the industry to consider getting more involved with us. Yeah. Uh, watch out for opportunities on the sector board that you might be interested in. Um, it's not only good to get involved more with the organisation, but it, it creates more ties within the industry itself. And as you were saying there, actually, you know, understanding people and understanding the sector boards and uh, more broadly HDB can only be good for business, really. So, yeah, totally agree with you. It's, it's a great point. Um, thinking, um, I guess, for, for the sector more broadly, uh, both d domestically and internationally, what are you seeing as the challenges for the meat sector at the moment? And um, I guess then, how do you prioritise that um, for, for the budget that, that you've got for HDB pork? Mm. So I think the challenges are very different in our far markets and our near markets. So if we look out to Asia, I mean, the demand for meat is just absolutely booming. Yeah. Um, sadly, fueled by the challenge, um, China in particular, but that whole area is beginning to have with African swine fever. Um, but it does give us an opportunity to export a great deal to non-EU countries. Um, and so the challenge there, I think, is to keep ensuring that we, we have that product integrity that we are internationally renowned for because it does open doors for us. Um, so I think, you know, the challenge there is, is just to stay absolutely on top of our game yes. and keep doing what we're doing because it's very, very successful. I think the challenges in nearer markets and perhaps if we zoom down to our domestic market are different. Um, you know, we've, we've got um, consumers who are primarily driven um, to purchase on price, taste and convenience, but who are also um, beginning to challenge on much wider factors such as environmental impact, human health um, considerations and animal welfare. And I think as, a, as an industry, we, I talked about collaboration before, but I think we really do need to collaborate, accept that these are legitimate questions and, and work to address them. Yes. And I guess, does that give opportunity for working with other countries as well, maybe, I guess, on some of the, the um, challenges around uh, climate change and, and, and welfare, or is that quite um, a British-focused approach? Yeah, I think it's an interesting question, isn't it? Because I, I'm sure we're just going to become more and more global as we move forward. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's working with other countries, um, recognising they could also be competing for, for the same market yeah. as us. But the, whether that's, a, a, you know, export market or our own domestic market. So there's one eye on the fact that they're competition. 
But equally, you're right. You know, there's many ways that we can collaborate globally. We're facing many of the same issues. Um, and actually comparing notes and considering, you know, how industries have reacted in different parts of the planet can give us inspiration for what we could do here, not only in terms of what we do, but how we communicate that um, both within the industry and to consumers. Please subscribe to this podcast and follow us on LinkedIn. Search Meet Business Women. On ASF, uh, if I can, I'm just keen to ask a point on, I'm seeing more and more um, consumer press on ASF. It's interesting, I'm sure you're exactly the same if you ask someone that, that's not got an agricultural background mm. that, that, that didn't know what it was maybe a month ago. But I guess more and more is coming into mainstream press maybe as it's, I guess, uh, taking more and more pages of, of trade press. Is that something yeah. that, that you're seeing? Is that something that, that the sector's maybe worried about that it'll have a, a negative effect even if... Um, we, we don't get it here. Mm. So I think we've got to be very clear that um, ASF is harmless to humans. Yeah. And I think it's it's imperative that whenever we're talking about ASF, we, we make that point up front and early because that's how it is. Yeah, so it's devastating to pigs, but it is harmless to the human population. Um, and I think we just need to be ready to repeat that as, as necessary. Um, in, but, you know... We would prefer there was no ASF in the world, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, even with all the export opportunities it's giving, it would be much better all round that there wasn't ASF in the world. So turning um, to gender balance within the sector, um, yeah. and someone has uh, had the raft of experiences you've had, what's your view and what can we do better to showcase our sector as a positive career destination for female talent? When have you seen that working well and where have you seen that actually as an opportunity to do more? Well, so I've, I think this question goes way beyond gender, actually. Um, I, I think as, a, as an industry and within agriculture in general, we need to do more to attract people from all walks of life yeah. into agriculture I mean, I don't come from a family farm. And when I chose to study agriculture, even many non-farming friends said, oh, are you going to drive a tractor all day? And that was their <laughs> yeah. limited understanding of what agriculture was. Um, and obviously, they've seen me go on and travel the world, live in different places, hold different positions, get to know all sorts of people. And you know, many of them are saying, crikey, I didn't know agriculture was that world. Um, and I think we've got a job to do, particularly with young people, to say, you know, agriculture is data, it's marketing, it's sales, it's, it's, it's science. There's so many different aspects to it. Um, don't rule yourself out. Come and have a look. Come yes. and see. And, you know, I would absolutely say to anybody, if they were from a non-farming background, you know, don't feel that it's a closed club. I've never been made to feel that. I think if you're passionate and you want to, you know, see the industry succeed, people will recognise that and welcome your talent where, wherever you come from. Um, and that's what I would say. But I would say it goes way beyond gender. You know, I think there's, it, I would say to anybody, it's 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 more about confidence than gender. Yes. 
Yeah, that that's fantastic advice. And the, that passion piece, you're right. If you've got passion for it, you can make it happen. And and I, I really like the idea of just come and have a look. And maybe that's something uh, we can consider more at Meet Business Women to give opportunities for people to come and have a look if it's something of interest. You've really kindly already given us um, a bit of hints and tips um, about you know getting to know people and how important that is and understanding how people tick to, to get ahead in business one of the other things I'd like to ask you about and I know this is something we've spoken about a bit before not on the podcast is work-life balance um as you mentioned earlier that you're a mother you've got kids you've um, mm. <laughs> lived internationally you, you work full-time you know how do you effectively manage your time and how do you get that work-life balance <laughs> I'm not sure I always do. <laughs> and that's probably tip number one. I'd say forgive yourself for not being perfect. Yeah. You know, a lot of them, the people I meet, um, but the ladies I meet in the industry, you know, are wanting to be perfect. We're all wanting to do the perfect job to be the best value. And in all, you know, we're trying to do that for our children. We're trying to do it for work. We're trying yes. to do it, you know. And actually, I think, you know, sometimes you just have to say, do you know what? I'm really giving my best shot here. Um, and maybe it isn't perfect, but it really is my best shot. Um, I think as human beings, we can easily become human doings. Yes. Um, I'm just busy being busy. Um, I'm thinking, okay, if, you know, if I'm busy, I must be adding value. Um, uh, and I think, you know, I tell you what, my best pal in all this is my dog <laughs> bizarrely because walking her every day gives me a chance to just step back and see the bigger picture and sort of question myself and say actually if you could have rerun that day you'd have probably focused on that and that um and just trying to learn all the time I love learning and I'm always learning. And I think one of the best things we can do is be open and talk. And I've loved that, you know, about, about Meet Business Women and the, the, the meetings I've been to. There's been this openness and this humanity to say, yeah, we're really trying. You know, we don't always get it spot on, but we're really trying. And, and particularly when we start talking some of the younger talent in the industry, I'm you know, I, I'm in awe. I think we can learn a lot yeah. from generations, um, particularly technology. <laughs> I know. That's brilliant advice. And you're right, being objective and having time for to reflect, I guess, it sometimes feels like a luxury, but it, it's not. It helps, helps you drive your career forward. So one of the things I wanted to pick your brains on, being a, a female leader, and I guess one of the things I, I read a lot about, and it was in the Sunday papers again this weekend, was about can you be a female leader and be liked and successful? And there's a lot of conversation about, you know, the language around young girls right up to female leaders about, you know, assertiveness and all of that sort of, you know, wording and what what's positive and what's not and the different words for, for men and women what what do you think about that and do you think it's possible to be like done successful yeah good question uh, I mean as much for any leader I guess I would say it is possible to be liked and successful but not necessarily at the same time yeah and does it matter I guess is the other I don't I think it, well I think it matters a 
great deal. I think, you know, any human, you know, would like to be liked. Yeah. You know, I, I think acknowledging that that's a normal human thing. Um, but equally, I have watched people on stage say things that I think, well, I know that won't be popular, but you're right to say it. Yeah. And I admire them. So I, th- I would just distinguish between instant applause and perhaps respect. Yeah. And you know, f- for me, I, I, the, the the people I look up to, um, the people I've watched throughout my career, are the ones that really, really stay with me are those poised people that you really respect. Yeah. Rather than those popular people who just were liked. Yeah. I think there's a, a deeper level below that and I just say you know respect it's easy easy to say but does start with yourself I mean you know it's difficult for anybody else to respect you more than you respect yourself because that requires a leap of faith so I go back to using your networks you know talking to people being open saying you know actually I found that really difficult or I found that was exciting wasn't it you know yeah. share it's okay and I, I don't I think that could be with um, female colleagues male colleagues I think we all like that camaraderie it's yeah. really important particularly if things are tough yeah that's brilliant advice honestly you've given us so much you, you need to think maybe about a self-help book because you've given us so <laughs> So, so much great for, stuff, Angela. For, for um, myself, for myself. <laughs> um, and just huge thank you. Huge thank you for giving, you, giving up your, your time to chat to us today. And more generally, thank you for the support HDB has given and continues to give a, um, Meet Business Women. It's, it's really invaluable uh, to help drive us forward and, and, and help us grow uh, into the years to come. So thank you so much. No, and likewise, I would say thank you for bringing, you know, that group together. I think we all benefit from it enormously. And, I, I, you know, I'd just love to see that go more global because that's that's where we're working in a global community. And I'm bound to say that with my background, but we really are. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're very welcome, Laura. Good to speak. Thanks. The Meet and Greet podcast brought to you by meetbusinesswomen.org.